0: Our scripture this morning comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, if you'd like to follow along. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names so that at the name of Jesus everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This Sunday we end our sermon series that we have been journeying or thinking about what it means to be the church as we've looked at the good, the bad, and the ugly of the church. Because we know that in a Christian community, because we are imperfect people, we are brought together. And that doesn't always lead to great things and good things unless we work at it. Unless we're attentive at who we are. Unless we're attentive to who we are. And to who we serve and to who we choose to follow with one another. I hope over the past couple of weeks you have thought of the good experiences that you have had in the church. Of the times in your life that you would exchange for anything. I hope that what you've seen is that the good experiences far outweigh the bad. And they far outweigh the ugly. Because they're experiences that have strengthened us. They have strengthened our families. They have helped others. They've helped us to better understand our faith. And I hope that they've helped you to grow in your faith. Each week over the past three weeks, we've talked about different aspects of the church. And just, it's not an inclusive complete list, but what it is are just different areas that you and I can work in offering our best and in being good to one another. In our first week of the study, we talked about what it meant on November 3rd to be the body of Christ. We looked at the passage that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 12 as we recognized that he was writing to a church that was filled with different people that were viewing themselves with different levels of importance. Paul was writing to a community that was experiencing wealth and growth and had tremendous earning power, and they had so many different, uh, different social groups present in their community that that's those same social groups were represented in the church. And so Paul had to come to this church and basically say, it doesn't matter who you are in the world, in Christ, you're equal. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Greek, whether you're slave or free, whether you are a land-owning person or whether you simply work on someone else's farm. You are equal when it comes to being a part of the body of Christ in the church. And so for each of you to do the work of God, you must recognize that each is part of the body. And in being the body, you have to recognize that each person who is part of the body is part of the community. Christian community, is there for a reason. Whether it's slave or free, Jew, Greek, Gentile, Jew. Everyone's there for a reason. And each person brings their own gifts, their own talents themselves and are important to God. And so all were needed in this day Each person was needed in this time and in this place. And so for us in the church, that's a time for us to see that God calls each of us, no matter who we are. And He wants us to be a part of the community, recognizing that each of us have gifts, that each of us have abilities, that each of us have talents, that each of us bring our own unique, God-created selves, and we offer things that no one else can offer. I hope what you've seen in that passage of Scripture is that God values you. God values what you do in supporting other people. God values you in the ways that you share your faith with others. God values who you are as a part of the body of Christ. Because no one else can replace you. No one else can be a substitute for you. And God put you here for today. For us to do the work together, God brought us together for this time and for this place. To offer and to be good in what we do. Last Sunday, November 10th, we looked at another passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we also looked from the Gospel of John chapter 13 verses 31 through 35. As we read passage of scriptures that told us about how the Christian community, how disciples and followers of Jesus were to be known. It wasn't the miracles that they were to be known by. It wasn't the healings. It wasn't the preaching. It wasn't the things that they did. But what these scriptures both told us is that disciples of Jesus are to be known by their love. And the way they treat one another. And the way they interact with one another. And the way they interact with those that they come in contact with. In John 13, verses 31 through 35, we read about how Jesus told the disciples that they had to be known because of the love that they showed one another. Not because of the teaching, not because of the preaching, not because of the healing or the miracles or anything else. Those were all important. But they were to be known by the way that they demonstrated their love to other people. And so the miracles and the healings and the teachings and all those other things were outpourings of God's love made evident to others. But they had to be known for their love first. We also looked at 1 Corinthians 13, a passage of scripture that is normally read at weddings, where we read about Paul telling this early Christian community, the Corinthians, of how they have to deal and interact with one another. And that was with love. And so basically what he said is that their community of faith and our community of faith must be built upon and centered upon the love of God because everything else... Has the potential to fade away. And so in a church that's good. Loves the foundation. Because everything else fades away. The makeup of the church. When times are going good. Can fade away. The people in a church. They fade away. We move away. The feeling in a church. Can fade away. Everything can fade away. Except the only constant. And that's the love of God. And so what Paul is saying to each of us is you have to ground yourself in love. You have to make the foundation of your faith, of your practice, of your relationships the love of God. Love has to be the foundation on which everything else is built. Because the church that's good well it recognizes that. It recognizes that gifts, people, situations, they come and go. And if the church has made their foundation love, well then they can withstand those things whenever they come. Because the only constant that we know about, the only constant we experience is change. But there's an even greater constant that we can rely upon. And that's the love of God on which we place our feet and on in which we make our foundation. See, a good church can withstand change. It doesn't fight it, but it recognizes that it's happening. And a good church is known by its love and care shown toward one another, even in times of change. This morning we're reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. This is a passage of scripture that Paul is writing to a fledgling Christian community that he very clearly cares deeply about. Paul's writing to to people that have just heard his message and heard the gospel of Jesus and changed their lives. He's writing to a group of people that he obviously cares deeply for and he's writing to them in such a way to encourage them. Philippi is one of the communities, I'd forgotten this, that Lydia... Lydia, that we read about in some of Paul's other letters, lived. Lydia was a dealer in purple cloth or in fine things. And so Lydia was obviously, her and her household were probably pretty wealthy. And there were numerous individuals, along with Lydia, from the Philippian church that regularly took up offerings or collections. And they sent them to Paul. In a sense, being his benefactors in ministry as they supported him wherever he was, even after he had left Philippi, even at times when he was imprisoned, he was still offered that support. And so this is a church that Paul clearly cares about. This is a church that Paul writes not a letter of reprimand, but he writes them a letter of encouragement, telling them, I know who you are and I know how you need to be. Because you're not doing it now. Because you're not representing the love of God in your relationships with others. Because you're not treating each other the way I've shown you you need to treat one another. And so this morning, I want us to think about how easy it is for us to offer our bad and our ugly instead of the good when we come together whether it's in worship or study or fellowship or service, the temptation, because we said earlier that we were imperfect people, sinful people who were brought together because of the love of God. Well, our temptation is for us to approach each of these areas, worship, study, fellowship, as well as any other area that you can think of with the idea that it's all about me. All about my preference of worship all about my preference in study, all about my preference in fellowship, or my preference in the service that we offer, or my preference in anything else. See, because when a church is bad, when a church is ugly, what we offer to others, and in the way we interact or participate with one another, we allow our actions, our decisions, and our interactions to be about us. And we forget about everybody else. It's like we get so focused on what happens here that we forget that things change and that God put us in this place for a time and for a reason. And so we have to be ready. We forget that that the constant in life is change. We forget that we are called to be the body of Christ, recognizing that each has value, worth, and importance. We forget that God brings other people into our midst for certain times and certain places. We forget to fulfill the call the ministry and to discipleship that has been placed before us. We forget because we're sinful. We forget because it's in our nature to to push ourselves and to seek things that make us comfortable. But see, when we're good, when we offer our best, when we create experiences and stories that change people's lives, stories and experiences in which our lives are changed, we act differently. We remember that, that the church is not about us. It's not about me, and so we choose. We choose to accommodate others. We choose to to welcome them, recognizing that they have different gifts that they are able to bring in order to benefit God's kingdom, just as our gifts help benefit God's kingdom as well. As disciples of Jesus, we look to Jesus, Paul says. As an example of what it means to be a part of a community. Because Paul says he humbled himself. He took the form of a human, yet he didn't hold it over humanity that he was a God. He humbled himself and he demonstrated how we're to act and interact with others. And that's by service. See, Paul said that Jesus was the first servant of others who came to this earth and offered himself in the very nature of a servant so that all could experience, so that all could receive the gift of God that was being sent in Jesus Christ the Son. See, there's nothing different with the Philippian church from our church today. We may worship in different ways, we may have different things that we use to incorporate into our worship and fellowship and study, but... We're not immune to what they were experiencing and they're not immune to what we experience. And that's the temptation to allow everything that we do, our worship, our fellowship, our study, our other areas of ministry, to be crafted only for the enjoyment and satisfaction of those of us who are part of the community. In fact, I don't know how, but their lack of interaction with others, their uh, seeking to make the church just about them, uh, Paul heard about it. I'm sure it was a messenger that brought it to him, or someone wrote him a letter, but either way, that doesn't matter. But Paul was writing to a church that was lacking in humility. They were focused on their individual interests. They weren't functioning or viewing themselves as the body of Christ. And so Paul lifts them up. Telling them that if, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you have to model yourselves after Him. And the example that He provides on what it means to be a servant of others. See, for us to be good, we have to be a church that seeks to be good. We have to choose be a church that offers our best to others in all things, and we have to choose to make those our stories that other hear, others hear about. Not the stories of bad, not the stories of ugly, not the stories that make people question and, and wonder about their faith, but stories that help people to see that lives are being changed and that people are being transformed. Not because of us, but because of the love of God that's offered them through Jesus Christ the Son. And so for us to be good, we have to recognize that each one of us, you have to recognize that each of you have value. And you bring something to this church, to this body that nothing, no one else can. You bring gifts that none of us have. And you make us complete. Because each of us bring something of equal importance to contribute to the body of Christ. Because Christ died for all of us. God equips each of us in our own way, according to our own talents. And the church that's good recognizes and celebrates that. For us to be good, we have to build ourselves, establish ourselves firmly on the foundation of love that comes from God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have to recognize, we have to realize that if the church is not centered on the love of God, then when people go, when things happen well then messes come. Ministry's lost. Focus is, is gone. But when we're good and when we're focused on Christ and on what He is leading us to do, well then we can handle the change. It may not be easy, but at least we have our focus and we have direction on where we need to go and who we need to be. As a community together. And then, last, today, for us to be good, we have to recognize that the church is for all of us. It's not just about my choice of what I want, it's not just about my preference of how I like to do things, but it's about our preference together recognizing and realizing that whenever we come together, if we honor one another, God works and speaks and the Holy Spirit is present. And our lives are changed. The temptation is great. It's easy for us to be bad. It's easy for us to be ugly. But if we choose to be good, God works in ways that we can't imagine that we can't fathom, that we can't understand. Because we're placing our feet firmly in His love. Because we're focusing our eyes on Him. And because we're joining together as His people to do and serve and be who He wants us to be as His church and as His community of faith as we seek to be the body of Christ in this time and in this place. Amen.